This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of two and soon to be three and a practicing physician. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. Episode 16 today will be about marriage and particularly the question of resentment that sometimes comes up in families over work hours and who's doing what and and how you can make sure that you still have a strong relationship despite those occasional feelings of resentment. So we are recording this at the beginning of November, but it will air just right before Thanksgiving. What, What are your plans this week, Sarah? I guess you're not really traveling, are you? No, we are not traveling, but actually we don't usually travel. So it's not just due to my late trimester status. So as you know, we live in Miami Beach and back when we lived in North Carolina, we would come to Miami Beach every year. So um, my husband's family has a big family Thanksgiving and sometimes my family actually comes and joins it. Other times it's just them, but traditionally we're here. So ever since we moved, we have not felt the need to go anywhere else for Thanksgiving because we're already where the action is. 
And the funny thing is I used to think it was like the most amazing thing to have Thanksgiving with warm weather and I'd like wear sundresses, you know, cause it would be getting cold where I was and I'd be so happy. And now I'm like the total opposite. And I'm like, Ugh, I just want, just want a little bit of a wintry, cozy feeling for Thanksgiving. And I never get it. <laughs> you want the, the colorful leaves, the crisp air, exactly. right? Yes. It's all about what you don't have. So I do think maybe next year will be the first year that we venture up and maybe we'll be near you guys. Hey, we can go for a run in Philadelphia. Yes, that so, sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah, we'll do our own little turkey <laughs> trot. Um, we, yeah, it's a good weekend not to travel. I got to say I've in my life had a few Thanksgiving weekends involving getting stranded somewhere because everyone's traveling and it's like the start of winter weather. Um, and it doesn't matter where the winter weather is. It will affect everyone else. So it'd be a blizzard in Detroit. And next thing you know, no one's going anywhere. So I'm, I'm happy not to travel too. We're, we're staying here, but we're hosting um, my entire extended family. At least I think that's oh my goodness. And I probably should confirm that. <laughs> what, do you, what, is, what do you think the numbers are going to be? Oh, it's not that. It's not that. Big. It's, so what I mean by that is is more like my <laughs> immediate family. So my my two brothers, um, my older brother's family, my mom and dad, uh, and then of course the six of us uh, who are here. So it what does that come out to? I've done it. It's like fourteen people. No, it's yeah. a, it's not that many. Oh, it's not that bad. Okay, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I actually really like cooking. I mean, given that it's at your in-laws, you don't need, you don't wind up doing the cooking then, right? We actually, it's at Josh's grandmother's and we all bring stuff. So like I'll, I'll probably make, I almost always make a key lime pie, which I realize is not traditional, but whatever. And then some kind of like sweet potato thing and that's it. So we kind of all bring stuff. Well, that makes sense. But you're going to cook everything? I'm not going to cook everything. Um, <laughs> well, we have we have like our, our our roles, as it were, which is a pun now that I'm thinking about it, because <laughs> my my sister-in-law um, makes incredible buttery rolls. It's great, like, North Carolina recipe oh, generations. Where, so she makes those for all family get-togethers. Um, there's like a stick of butter per roll, so it's, <laughs> it's a, special, <laughs> a special treat. So she makes those. We tend to buy pies at Costco. Costco has really awesome Thanksgiving pies. So we buy like a pecan pie and a pumpkin pie. So, so that's done. Like I don't have any particular pie baking capability that I want to share with anyone. So that's, that's done. My little brother likes to make fudge. Uh, so then we have that as a dessert. So really all I have to do is, is the turkey, the, the dressing. I usually like recruit someone else to make the gravy while I'm dealing with the turkey because that's the last thing you always make with the, you know, drippings that come off the turkey. Uh, and then like green beans, applesauce, which my, my older brother tends to make. What else? Like a salad. Sweet potatoes? Come on, there's no, got to be We don't more. actually do sweet potatoes. We do really? mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Oh, that's like I like sweet part. potatoes, but um, my my husband is not a big fan. <laughs> so we're sort yeah. of uh, it, no no one has spoken up in favor of having <laughs> sweet potatoes. So, um, and the truth is, like, there's so much excess at Thanksgiving. Like, there's really no one essential thing. Yeah, there's not at all. I, <laughs> so funny. And, and you know, I, some of the foods I've even like learned. I, I never used to like cranberry sauce, but now I make my own cranberry sauce out of. Um, I just buy a big bag of cranberries, also cranberries. at Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you cook it down with like 
apple cider and sugar, and it's actually a really good sauce. So that's uh, it's really good. Although my husband's family has a fondness for it. they love the like kind in a can. Oh, no, I think it's like a tradition. The kind that you slice up like it makes these gelatinous little circles. No, they love it, and I kind of get it. I kind of get it. There is a little bit of an appeal. I think it's a retro kind of a, a thing. retro sort of thing. But the yeah. real stuff, yes, I prefer. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Although I always sort of misjudge the timing on the turkey, and so everything else is done like forty-five minutes before the turkey, and then we all just have to like cool our heels for a while and just pour another glass of wine. Um, but uh, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I it's. I, I cooked my first Thanksgiving dinner, oh, I don't know when it was, a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I've, I've crossed that threshold now. I feel like that's an adulthood marker. Oh, it is totally <laughs> an adulthood marker. Uh, I think we did it in North Carolina a couple of times when we didn't feel like traveling. So I guess there's been a couple of exceptions when one of us was on call. And yeah, you do feel very grown up making all those things. It's so much <laughs> cooking. <laughs> it like doesn't take that much time to eat, but it's fun. It's all good. Um, so other things we are thankful for. Another wonderful segue here. Um, yes, that's is, a good one. Is our husbands. We are both thankful for our husbands who are great guys. How long have you been married now? We have been married for 11 years and we have been together for 15 years. Yeah. We met when we were, well, I was, I was only 22. I was like a kid basically. <laughs> so, um, hi Josh. <laughs> Sorry, was, hi Josh. You're listening to Sarah talk about you. And you were in, you were in school then, right? You were. Yes. We met in the very beginning of med school and then, um, we were dating by the first test and we always like to joke that we didn't do very well in the first test, but it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you got married right after med school or got married. I think I, I had still one year of med school left, but he was done. So it was right before it was 2006. Because he's um, what, like a year or two ahead of you. He remember astute listeners will remember. No, I'm just kidding. So remember, I quit my PhD. So we started at the same time, but I ended up with an extra year of school and got my master's. So I ended up finishing a year after him, even though we started at the same time. So we got married right before my fourth year of med school. So he, we were actually doctor and missus for like a year (laughs) before Before you were doctor doctor and doctor. doctor. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. Which uh, we'll we'll do a later episode on gender stereotypes. But every time you see Mister and Doctor, does it give you a little pause? Like you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) Mister and Doctor. Interesting. I feel like it should say Doctor and Miss. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, it's true. Um, How long have you guys been together? Well, we met in early 2003. So I was, I was 23. So yeah, not, not far off you guys. Um, although my, my husband was far off all of us <laughs> in terms of, uh, uh, he's, he's a wee bit, wee bit older, but it was, uh, yeah, we, I went to a get together. One of my friends, good friends from college had just started dating a guy who actually worked with Michael they worked in the New Jersey office of their company, but lived, both of them lived in New York and there was a get together in New York for people who are in the New Jersey office. And my friend went to see her boyfriend at this and I think was possibly a wee bit bored. <laughs> she was texting all her <laughs> friends to like, come meet her at this bar. Um, so I was out with friends doing something else and I'm like, Oh, well that looks fun. I'll just go find her. And so I went to the bar and next thing I know, I'm talking to this guy at the bar and it went from there. Wow. Yeah. Similar. And yeah, you have that. I think you, we have a little bit of an age difference too. And I think you have more, but maybe as a 22 or 23 year old, that just added to the mystique. mystique. I know. (laughs) It's like, Ooh, my boyfriend's in his (laughs) thirties, which of course now seems like very young, but, um, yeah, no, he, I mean, the thing about that though, is he, he, I think he was in the hunt for a wife. So he, 
proposed exactly one year after we met, um, which he, he sort of had made clear as he thought was as soon as he could do it, that I wouldn't be totally freaked out. Um, oh, I think that's kind of sweet, though. <laughs> like, he knew from he the knew. very beginning. So he, he knew that that was biding his time. He was biding his time. <laughs> he had to, had to wait. That, he couldn't. Uh, he, was, we tell this story. He actually, um, on a, it was like our third date or something. His parents were visiting him in New York, and he took me to meet them. And he may have been a wee bit inebriated because he was nervous. He <laughs> Drank. He was self-medicating. Self-medicating. <laughs> and he wound up, he's like, he told his parents that we were engaged. And I was like, what? <laughs> but it's Oh, out. wow. And, and, then, and then he walked you down it. to the cab um, and he stood there on the sidewalk being like, I love you. I love you. I was like, whoa, this is a little crazy. But it turned out that it was true, just premature. So that's, uh, you know. And how many years are you now? Well, similar, right? Similar. Well, we got similar. we got married, you know, shortly after the, the right, right, faster. Uh, so it was. Um, we have been married thirteen years now uh, and been together for oh. almost fifteen. Yeah, so same. Amazing. So we are grateful. We are very grateful. We are. Which brings us to this listener question because we wanted to get that <laughs> out of the way first. So, Sarah, you want to read it? Yes. Okay. Hi, Sarah. I love the podcast. Thank you. And I have a follow-up question after listening to this morning's episode, which mostly came to me after hearing Siobhan's story of her being on with the kids. And that was episode number 11, by the way, if anybody wants to reference that, because her husband has longer commute and work hours during the week. I know this is similar to you and Josh since his chosen field is just more demanding of time. How do you work through the hopefully few moments of resenting your husband for the imbalance of time caring for children? Let me explain. Like many of you, my husband's job is just more demanding than mine from a time and flexibility perspective. I knew this going into the relationship and I knew this when we decided to have a child and I still know it as we consider a second child. Um, these are all conscious choices. We signed up for this. My husband does a lot for our family, but the reality is that I take on more childcare responsibilities than he does, even with some outsourcing. And for the most part, that is fine, but I do occasionally have these moments of resentment because it's just not fair. She had a little dot, dramatic dot, dot. <laughs> the ellipses in there. Yeah, yes. exactly. Do you have advice for working out through these moments? Thanks for considering. Laura, do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you in the hot seat. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. Sarah and I have had discussions about this in the in the past um, offline from from the podcast because yes, we are both in a situation where our husbands do work more hours than us, and and sometimes in sort of less flexible ways in the, in the sense of, um, you know, Josh doing his sur- surgeries and then having weekend call, you know, that he's really in the hospital for all of it. And my husband, uh, is in one, of, in a, one of the major consulting firms. And so there's a lot of travel associated with that, uh, which, you know, is the nature of the job. And so, yeah, we both of us wind up in situations where we, could um, at times feel a bit resentful of it because it's not like both of us said like, oh yeah, that's it. You know, we, we want our husbands to build their careers and we're going to take care of everything on the home front so that they can go do that because both of us really, truly love what we do as well, right? Yes. And so I think that the resentment comes from saying, well, that's not the arrangement we had. We didn't have an arrangement where like, I run the home front, you go do your thing, it's like, well, I want to succeed in my career too. And I think sometimes it can feel like you don't have the same 
level of support, you, I'm saying broadly here, not Sarah, you, but all broadly, (laughs) not have the same level of support that we feel like we would be giving to our spouses, you know, with, again, someone with our jobs, if we were male, all right? Like, you know, Sarah is a physician. Many physicians who are male have wives who do a lot. You know, and actually many physicians who are female have husbands who I, one of my, um, former mentors, her husband actually, he used to work. And then like, I think two or three years into her being an attending, he just stopped and started staying home. And so she had this like wonderful stay at home dad, kind of like cooking and cleaning and doing everything all of a sudden. So I'm not saying that's a better situation. It's just a different situation, but sometimes it can just, you get compare even when you don't want to. Yeah. A compare oh, I like that word. <laughs> That's terrible. I was like, this is the worst word. What is, how would I even spell that? I'm, I'm pondering. How we would spell What's the right word for that? I, I, don't, you know, know, I don't know. Well, no. resentful is the woman word this woman used. And, and, and I think there is some element of resentment of comparing. For example, that, you know, I feel like when I travel for work, we almost always have our nanny spending the night. Whereas most of the time when my husband travels, I'm the one covering, right? And so there was an article we both read in in Harvard Business Review recently. You've got that pulled up. Yes, I have the reference. So it is called, If You Can't Find a Spouse Who Supports Your Career, Stay Single by Aviva Wittenberg-Cox. Which wasn't really the point of the article, by the way. (laughs) A bit more of a... Yeah, that might have been a little bit of a clickbait title. That was a clickbait headline. (laughs) Shocking. She was trying to shock you into reading it. And it worked. It totally worked. Um, (laughs) But she talked about... She did kind of talk about a little bit about a trend in women that sort of uh, voluntarily... Went into marriages feeling equal, then sort of stepping down because the husband's career ended up taking taking off, and then resenting it and um, leaving the marriage. So actually, I mean, to some extent, that's that's they didn't stay <laughs> single. They they became is. single later. That uh, they they felt that their husband wasn't supporting their hopes and goals, and and they felt they wanted a marriage where that happened. And um, you know, and and one of the things she talks about is is what were the parenting void, is how she put it. That what these women didn't think they would have to deal with is that they, when they needed to invest in their careers at certain points, they didn't feel like their husband was filling in with the support that they would have given if he needed to sort of put his, you know, foot on the gas for a while. And, and so I think that that, um, that sense of a void, like it can, can make people resentful, but we, um, I mean, we've both thought about this a lot and, and Sarah came up with a list of things that, She's sort of done to help her deal with, you know, the idea of, you know, working really hard and then covering his call and such like that. And I'll be honest. I mean, the reason I have sort of thoughtfully come up with this list is because there are moments when even though I know that we've kind of designed things, how we've designed them, it's just instinctual when certain things happen to have that same feeling that the writer described. And resentment really is the, the... the best word for it. Like, how did I end up in this kind of situation? How is this fair? But the things that have helped is number one, not to worry about keeping score and try not to focus on what his situation is versus my situation, but instead focus on what is my situation relevant to what I want my situation to be. 
So focusing not on what he's doing or whether he's getting more time than me or whatever, but am I getting what I need? You know, the two happy parents is much more the goal than equality. And I'm not saying that in like an anti-women's liberation kind of a situation. I'm saying that as someone who really did pick a career that does have more flexibility than his does. And I really do hope there are many couples out there mirroring us where the the female is more in my position or in his position and the male is more in his position or you know of course same-sex couples are a whole different story altogether and tend to have less issues here oddly enough um but anyway the focus should be on me so if during the weekend i want to work out twice and get a nap and go to a social activity then that's kind of my goal and it doesn't matter if as long as those are met, there's really not a reason for me to be fixated on who's doing more of the grunt work or childcare or, you know, focus more on like what's going on in the home. So I focus more on like, does that mean I need childcare? Does that mean I need to plan a play date because I'd much be happier out of the house doing something social than stuck at home. And as we've talked about previously, it means talking and thinking through these in advance with my husband so that it's like, okay, I know what kind of work do you need to get done this weekend? This is what I want to do. And then actually working the logistics of that out. And that helps us. And when we don't do it, then I usually learn my lesson and I get those resentful feelings. So yeah, usually I then go back to planning the next weekend. Planning is always good. <laughs> and then I love your idea of, of, of assuming the worst, right? <laughs> like and this is all about yeah. expectations. So like, resentment comes worst. from unmet expectations. So if the, ex- so if the reality can't change, you can change your expectations. No, I think that's totally, I think it's actually true. And I used to sort of be like, oh, you know, like, uh, he's on call, but maybe he'll be here for this or like, you know, brood about him not being home at night. But instead I sort of reframed it as like, he's generally not available to be home at night. That's my time and my time to enjoy with the kids and enjoy with maybe my book. If he doesn't get home by a certain point, it's kind of like me time. And if he's on call, I'd rather just pretend in my mind like he's going to be gone all day. And then I can be pleasantly surprised if he's not gone all day, but I won't be spending the time thinking, ah, what, you know, I planned for this and it it didn't happen. So it's, it's actually much better to just sort of like give him a longer window than I think he even needs and then be pleasantly surprised. And then finally, my third thing that I came up with was really the whole childcare thing. We've talked about this before. There is definitely a guilt factor in, in hiring childcare at times, but when you're in a partnership like this where your partner might work a lot more, you are not hiring your childcare. We've said this, but I'm just saying it again to cover yourself. You're hiring it to cover them so that you can get some breathing room. And you know, in our case, this translated into when I went 80% time, Um, and I'm recording this, you know, right now in one of my days off, you know, I initially thought, Oh, maybe I won't really need childcare during that time. But you know, it turned out I, I definitely do need and want it because it's having this extra time during the week, um, that has kind of allowed me to feel much more at peace on what happens on some weekends. Like, so I think I've been better about actually, and he's been happy about like, I'll give him a larger chunk to get work done on the weekends because I've had that free time during the week, which I wouldn't have had if I hadn't sort of just admitted my need to have some coverage, um, on these days off. So I am pro getting the help you need. Yeah, definitely pro getting help. I mean, that's something that's really helped me is, is having the evening childcare. Cause I, 
the hours of like six to eight were always the most stressful of my day. And now we, they're, they're not unstressful. <laughs> I mean, like we have four children, there's more than enough work to go around, but I don't have to handle them by myself. And that. Right. And as many people don't, cause usually there would have a partner. Have a part- if, you, if you have your partner there, the partner can be doing something, you know? And, and so if that wasn't going to be in the cards, then having someone else around to, to help is again, it's not, I'm still there. I mean, I'm here. So it's, uh, we're, we're outsourcing him, not, not me. And, you know, obviously there's a financial aspect to it, but one thing I would say that can, you know, on the resentment question, I do kind of feel like ideally if your partner is working the sort of job that is the long hours or travel or, you know, heavy call or whatever that, um, their compensation justifies it. And if that is not the case, then I think that is a different discussion. And I do feel I, my heart goes out to people who are like in the training years, yeah. you know, like having, and that's why I like having kids in residency, as much as I encourage it, I, I acknowledge how incredibly difficult that must be to have like maybe two resident parents because you are in that extremely intense place, maybe on route to having good compensation, but it's not there yet. So those are special and difficult situations. But the, regardless of what situation you, you are in, and I, yes, shout out to, you know, spend, spend money to make your life easier. And even if you are in those, I mean, maybe those are the years you're not saving any money. Like just, just put that yeah, out there. Or that you're borrowing. You're borrowing. borrowing it's, it's, it, it will be okay. And your kids will be older. So yeah, it'll be it'll fine. Be fine. <laughs> um, but just like general communication about things. I, I love you. Sarah said something. I had to forward this to my husband because I was like, Ooh, we need to do that. You're having a summit this weekend. I love that idea. Like it's a you know, yes, UN we summit. A, like there'll be translators maybe. And like <laughs> We call it a summit. Um, I think this week and we've actually, we're like long, I, I, we're long overdue for one. I like to do one every couple of months. And I think it's been even longer than that where we have no kids kids to distract us where it's ideally like not late at night, like during the day when we're fresh or in the morning. And we talk about like what we want the calendar to look like, what's working, what's not working. I mean, right now I think what one major thing we need to decide is like how we want to put our 2018 call schedules together. Cause with a third kid, our current system might not work anyway, but, um, yes, the, the summit, I think the communication is really important. And I think many people, if you're like us, you kind of have to schedule it in as unromantic as that may seem having these discussions because otherwise it might never happen. Yeah. It probably won't happen. I I can, I mean, you're not going to feel suddenly inspired to like discuss your life and magically not have the children be there. That's unlikely to, <laughs> to just be in the cards for, for the weekend. So, yeah, no, I think we need we need to do one of those, I mean, you know, for just lots of things like discussing, well, what is our actual policy on screen time in the house, right? Like maybe we should have one. Yeah. Parenting discussions. Is stuff going OK with the kids school? You know, does everybody feel like they're getting the right amount of time for themselves or on weekends? Is the childcare situation perfect? All those kind of logistical things. And I have heard of people doing family meetings um, with the kids, especially when they get older. And I think that sounds fantastic. But I have a feeling that even when I, if we get to that point, we'd want to have like a private segment. <laughs> well, for <laughs> many a public reasons, uh, we have a private <laughs> yes. segment, uh, which I mean, is another thing in terms of keeping resentments at bay is to make sure that you are still investing in your relationship 
as a relationship, as a love affair. Um, Because if you think about it, like when you're first dating and you're like madly in love and all that, like if, if your partner was like late for something, you would have been so much more inclined to believe like, oh, he just got stuck in traffic, you know, or like something came up, like he couldn't get out of, like, you're not imagine, you know, immediately being like, it's because he's a horrible person who doesn't value my time, right? Like that's not the first thing you would have thought. No, not at all. And, And so it might help to get that mindset back. And one of the ways you do that is by trying as much as possible to keep some element of that, you know, mad love affair. Your spark. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we all have to remember that our marriages and partnerships are actually longer lasting, you know, than our, the time our kids are at home. And of course, parenting doesn't stop when your children go to college, but it's your partner that you're going to be with hopefully until the very end. So it's really worth investing that time. Yeah. Yeah. And which is not always easy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, can, can we go there, Sarah? Can we, um, <laughs> is this a family podcast? Is this a family podcast? <laughs> Are we going into the, uh, the topic of, of time for intimate relations? Couple, couple time. time, couple, couple time, time, whatever euphemism <laughs> we want to <laughs> use. I, I swear, the problem with children though, is like, I mean, it, it's worse than if, <laughs> I don't know. There's like, no time. It seems that they're not around. And especially now that my kids are staying up later. Mine so don't they, stay up. As yeah, late as <laughs> that's the problem. So my 10 year old will like still be wandering the halls. I you got to get back in bed. It's 10 o'clock at night. He's like, but I'm not tired. Oh God, go to bed. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like you could set like I don't know. Curfew rules curfew for rules. you have to for stay in the, the week. Yeah, perhaps. You have to stay in your room after this. Also, sound machines. Sound machines. <laughs> From the last well, and, and I mean another uh, you know side effect of our, our two year old giving up his nap on weekends is is that was you know nice couple time oh. as well, but uh, it's not there. <laughs> But yeah, even though this is a family podcast, I agree. I think that's a really important part of relationships too. And part of what keeps them long lasting and real. Well, and, so. and making people feel closer together as well. Like more that you are a, a couple and, and not someone you need to be resenting that this is, you know, the person you love and wish to spend your life with. So that's. Never, never an easy thing, but marriages are not easy. I just reviewed this book for the Wall Street Journal. It was called The All or Nothing Marriage. And it pointed out that marriages have definitely evolved in what we want from them. That in the past, I mean, at first it was, you know, property and protection from marauding, whatever, you know, bands of thieves or something and, and procreation. And, and, you know, then in, in like the 1800s, the whole idea of romantic love got into it, that that was really not something that was, that was treated much as, as an important part of any of this, um, you know, before then. But now what we want from our marriages is someone who helps us become our best selves, which is kind of a lot to ask of, of, of a partnership, you know, that, that we want it to be not only the sort of passion we had as, you know, when we were first together, we want somebody who's our, our soulmate and getting that takes a ton of work at, from both parties. And what happens is, is that people kind of run out of steam, especially during 
the the busy years you're building your career raising your young children and you know in the past i think people might have sort of accepted that as like such as the human condition right like imagine that but now we're surrounded by these ideas that like i don't know i mean people have in their vows stuff like well we watch the same tv shows like come on you know that's really not (laughs) if you think that that's like everything has to be so in tune like that well yeah you're gonna be horribly disappointed it's the idea of the expectations versus reality again so there is something to be said of at least during the busy years maybe seeing if there are some times that you can ask a little bit less from your partnership um that you know in terms of helping you become your best self. Like maybe there's a, a therapist or something you can see for a while. And if you need the companionship, either, you know, friendships need to be a little bit more with that or extended family that you can lean on for more help with the childcare or paid childcare and things like that. And then as the kids get older, and again, as, as you get out of that sort of desperately busy phase, um, you can start getting back to more of those things with, with your relationship. That made me think of the book we discussed in the prior episode, The Course of Love, which I think like looks at that really nicely in a fictional way. And then also Aziz Ansari wrote a book called Modern Ro- Ro- Modern Romance, where he also kind of goes into the historical uh, context of relationships. And, you know, back in the day, people were very likely to marry their neighbor. And you're right. They didn't expect much about them. It was like taking care of each other. And that's about it. And now we want, we expect everything. And that's an interesting way to think about it, that maybe there are some times when actually you can release some of those a little bit uh, when you need to. And you can still want a lot from your partnership. And you should. And I think we've both done pretty well in that sense. I mean, (laughs) again, reiterating, I feel very lucky. So that's good. (laughs) So bringing us to our our husbands are our first love of the week, (laughs) but our second love of the week. Um, what, what, What did you... Uh, this is quite a, this, this is, yeah, we're going to make a real like U-turn, U-turn here. here. Okay. Although I, I like, I love what you did this one. <laughs> so our love of the week is that we finally got our car, but the, the car is not the love. It's the fact that we used a car broker. So I never knew this was a thing, but my husband, who I, I will say is a much better you know, we've talked about like satisficer, maximizer, like he, he's going to look into things a lot more than I will. Um, and I'll give him credit for that. Cause sometimes this probably is a good idea. And what he figured out that there's a thing called a car broker where you just pay them a fee and it's not like a crazy fee and they'll find you a deal and get you a car and you don't even have to go into the dealership. So we wanted a Highlander hybrid, which are not super easy to find. And in fact, we ended up having to get our car shipped from like near Orlando. So, you know, the logistics involved, but our part of the deal just ended up being paying this guy and he ended up getting us a much better deal so that it paid for itself. And then we just had to like sign a bunch of paper on that was FedEx to us and that was it. And our car is coming. So I highly recommend considering this option if you know what you want and you don't want to go through the ordeal of like haggling at the dealership and shopping around to local places and you know neither Josh nor I are very good negotiators so this was a great way of just taking us out of the loop yeah. no that's great I when I bought my car um was it like six and a half years ago I knew I wanted an Acura MDX and so what I did is I just emailed half a dozen car dealerships like in you know, within a hundred miles, um, and asked what price they would give me. And one, a couple gave me like an actual price. Um, cause it, you know, it was, if we were buying it new and, and so it's, it, it's kind of a commodity like this, you know, the new car is a certain, the packages make things different all the time now, but you know, this is yep. <laughs> the, the new model, certain things. 
and say, well, what price would you give me? And then I got a, I took the lowest price and I went to my local dealer and asked him to match it. And he did. So that was relatively easy. <laughs> you were your own car I was my broker. own car but, broker. Uh, but we saved all those emails. saved all those stuff. So there you go. Plus, I guess the argument is that like the broker may have better negotiating He might power. if he's there all the time, you know, talking <laughs> with all these guys. They know him and, you know. so Exactly. He may, exactly. He may know who, it, who needs to move a model you know, off the showroom in the next. Yes. You know, that too. Month. So, yeah. Um, so my love of the week is related to the car thing, just because it's my serious XM radio, um, specifically channel 17, um, which hopefully they won't have gotten rid of by the time this episode airs. Cause it's relatively new, but it's this, um, it's called pop rocks. And what it is, I swear, it must have hatched from the brain of somebody who is precisely between the ages of 36 and 40, because it is all <laughs> late 1990s, early 2000s. The, the tagline is rock songs that became pop hits. But basically, it's just like slightly harder edge pop. So it's stuff like Dave Matthews Band, it was Alanis Morissette, Smashing Pumpkins, all this. And so oh, very it, retro. It was retro, but it's, <laughs> but it's like perfect for me that's so it funny I, it, so I feel funny. like it was me who designed this radio station <laughs> so um i've been listening to it all the time i say that the proportion of songs i like from it is much higher than it was at the other two stations i was listening to which were the the bl- the pulse which was 15 and the blend which was 16 oh, i just got tired no. of them now i was it was too much poppy I- i'm a number 35 xmu like nerdy music what is 35 yeah. It's like indie. It's really good. But it's like, it's sort of a quiet, you have to like start listening to it. And then it's because it seems really weird at first. And then, and then you start liking it. But I could see the appeal for just sort of like the sing along older yeah. stuff. That might be really fun. I'll have to check out. <laughs> so you should have to check it out. Uh, <laughs> Channel 17. And it is funny because they, they play like messages from listeners who have been enjoying it. And they are all exactly people like me. They'd be like, oh, I'm so glad to hear these songs from when I was in college again. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And I was born in 1980. I'm sure it's it a very, exactly. you know what? That's the same demographic that probably subscribes to a lot of satellite radio. So, like, so they, I, I bet it will stay around. It will stay around. <laughs> Those of us who are in our cars, driving to work, driving the kids around, we are all like 38 years old. So there we go. (laughs) So anyway, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking marriage this week and how to keep ourselves from feeling resentful uh, as things come up. So please tune in next week. We'll have more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.